Hi there, this is Clark Terry here, reminding you to pull your bearskins a little closer to the fire. That's it. <laughs> now you're talking to hey. Ah, watch out for those snapping sparks. Everybody cozy? Now the good news is that you're in time for the humble farmer. You've worked hard all day, and you deserve to relax now. So stay right there and listen to the best of this kind of music.
about every note and change played there. <laughs> if you're very, very young and you've never heard Nat King Cole before, I suppose it's easiest way to explain it to you is to say that Nat King Cole and Frank Sinatra were probably two of the earliest rappers. I like this kind of comment that Robert in Brunswick sent me. For years and years, Robert in Brunswick, because Robert used to be Robert in Bath till he moved to Brunswick. Robert, for years, Robert in Brunswick has been telling me what he's seen and heard while he's out running around Moody's Diner and all these diners he goes to. And I, I really appreciate his comments because, well, they've been enjoyed by you and other radio friends over the years. Robert writes, I just returned from supper at the 99 restaurant in Topsom Fair Mall. The place was mobbed, so I sat at the counter. The young man to my left had an empty beer stein sitting there, and the girl behind the counter took my order for chicken and asked the young man if he'd like another beer. He said, I just got my license back after six long years, and if I get in any kind of trouble, it's an automatic three more years. So that's why I'm only having one.
Oscar. Oscar Nat Cole, known just the way you look tonight, and Oscar Peterson. Do, 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 do. Nice bridge. One of the and I heard a change in there on the first time they on the first time through that I'd never heard before. It'd be fun to listen to it close enough to know what it was they were doing. One of the unfortunate things about people like my friend Winky is that they they take everything at face value. They believe everything they read. They believe everything they hear. Somebody, I don't know who it was, gave Winky a book of Greek philosophy. And Winky read about Simonides and Aristophanes and Euripides and Socrates. And when he read about Socrates, he took it right to heart. One day I met Winky at the post office and I said, Do you know what I just heard about one of your friends? And Winky thought about how Socrates would handle someone who came in to gossip. And Winky said, Before you tell me anything, I'd like to know if you're sure that what you want to tell me is true. I said, No, I ain't sure about nothing. I just heard it. And Winky said, So you don't know if it's true or not. Is what you want to tell me something good? And I said, no, 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 it's nothing good. And Winky said, so you want to tell me something bad about him, but you don't even know if it's true. Is what you want to tell me about my friend going to be useful to me? And I had to admit that it, it really wasn't. And Winky said, well... If what you want to tell me might not be true, and it's not good, and it's not useful, why tell it to me at all? Mm. Anyway, this explains why the great philosopher Socrates was admired by everybody. It also explains why Winky never found out that his wife was spending a lot of time with his best friend.
banana, you make them flat. Please, no squeeze of the banana. When you squeeze the peach, mama mia, what a reach. You touch this, you touch that, you ruin all of the fruit. You squeeze this, you push that, but you never come up with the loot. Oh, please, no squeeze of the banana. If you squeeze, officer, please, squeeze the coconut. Squeeze the Google Trail. Squeeze the watermelon. Squeeze the moulinard. But please don't squeeze the banana. Some of us enjoy the music we heard as children. Please don't squeeze the banana. You don't hear that on the radio every day today. And some of us old people don't like to let these old songs go. And some of us enjoy the language we learned as children, and we don't like to let our old language go. We resent and we resist the foreign influences that would impart a different meaning to words and phrases of the idiolect of our youth. In my time, we have lost Shea, we've lost Dinner, and we've lost three others that I wrote on my Facebook page that were good words when I was a kid, but I don't even dare say them on the radio today. And then there are the new words and expressions that have been added to our local patois, much as a new type of weed was introduced to your neighborhood by an ingenuous someone who thought they had pretty flowers. The next generation will take these weeds and words for granted, much as the grandchildren do ticks. Only in 70 years will the young people of today understand what I'm talking about. If anyone invites me and my beautiful young trophy wife to dinner, I will be sure to be there at 11.30 so as not to miss the noon meal. Being a practical and a cosmopolitan man, I will also eat dinner before I go, just in case they have something strange or exotic that an old main man does not eat, like anything I have never eaten before. And it has happened that even though our gracious hostess might have prepared something I dearly love and enjoy, she might have, oh, it makes me cry, she might have destroyed it and rendered it inedible by adding mushrooms or some other exotic type of spice like pepper. Before I put in my buttercup squash, may I leave you, yeah, before I plant, may I leave you with the following sentiments that I penned some years ago? The sentiment expressed will always be valid. Only the words will change. Do you miss the good old songs you used to hear? I don't see any sense in these rap songs I sing nowadays, do you? Back when I was a kid, they sang songs like Chickory Chick, Chala Chala, Chickala Romy, and the Bananica, Bolica Wallica, and these songs made sense. The other morning I got to thinking that it had been a long time since I had heard I'm a Ding Dong Daddy from Dumas. You know you're old when you realize that you miss the good old songs. Old people, you know this, old people have always cried, moaned, that they no longer hear the good old songs. 
You probably recall Aristophanes' story about the young man who sneered at his father when the old man requested someone sing one of the good old songs. The song was called Simonides' Shearing of the Ram. The kid had to explain to his father that Simonides' Ram was a corny old song. Do you hear the same thing from your children and grandchildren? Do they listen to music that you can't understand or appreciate? You might have seen a TV program, a recent TV program, and on this TV program they advertised, well, anyway, they promised to play the 40 worst songs from last year. (laughs) Can you imagine that? They promised to play the 40 worst songs from last year. Did it make you wonder how they could be sure they got the right ones? By Clark Terry and Flip Phillips. Two very strong, strong musicians.
Terry. Clark Terry. No one else could do that, of course. I wonder how he's doing. He's 93, I think. You are. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening to The Humble Farmer here on your favorite radio station, where with any luck at all you can hear me playing old-fashioned music just for you every week at this time. I am the Humble Farmer at gmail.com. Love to hear from you. And here is something I've been meaning to mention to you for quite a while now. See in this line Robert in Brunswick posted, brought it to my mind. Because I could not stop for death. And I had to laugh when I read that because, although I couldn't remember who wrote it, because I did know who, I did uh, remember reading it many times. And it's interesting that only a couple of people saw anything she wrote until long after she was in the ground. You know that for years my bathroom reading has been the Encyclopedia Britannica where I pick up all sorts of esoteric things. Before that, for a few years, it was French because when I was 62 years old, I realized that by reading French every day for only a few minutes, it wouldn't take more than a couple of years before I'd be able to read French. Anyway, I open the encyclopedia volume at random and read about some place, a person, and one of my rules, this is one of my rules when I read the encyclopedia. One of my rules is that when I come to a person who has been executed, forced to flee his country, or incarcerated for something he has said or written, I know that I've come up against a great man, and I know that I've read enough for that day. I think a great Ph.D. dissertation would be on the percentage of people who would not even be in the book. Wouldn't, they wouldn't even be worth remembering had they not written something that got them hanged or jailed or excommunicated. The other day I found three of these fellows on contiguous pages before I realized I'd bagged my limit. Because you might be interested to hear that it, it could not have happened if I were not in the G's in general and the G-O's, G-I-O, G-O's in particular, and that these men all lived in the territory now known as Italy.
long ago and far away. Thank you again for listening to The Humble Farmer with any luck at all. I'm here every week at this time on your favorite station playing old-fashioned music just for you. Do you turn to Wikipedia to get a quick and probably biased opinion of who someone is or what a word means? I turned to Wikipedia because I wanted to know what tweet meant. Tweet. I learned that tweet has to do with an operation called Twitter. And that Twitter has been described, I I wrote this, I, I mean I read this, Twitter has been described, get this, Twitter has been described as the SMS of the Internet. You can't believe how relieved I was to learn that.
Stitt. My name is Stitt. <laughs> Sonny Stitt. Do you try to watch the latest TED Talks? They talked about tweet on TED. Do you do the thing called tweet? I think I'm going to try to look up tweet again in Wikipedia. As I have no idea of what tweet is or what it does. It's well, I I couldn't. If someone said, "What does it do?" I I wouldn't be able to tell you. You hear a lot about tweet, but you have no idea of what it is or what its function is. And it seems as I tried it one time. But as I recall, you have to be limited to 50 or so words, which really handicapped me. And of course, 50 or so words is the only kind of letter I have been ever been able to get published in USA Today. You have to be able to say a lot with only a few words to get them published in USA Today. Anyway, the people on TED are very well informed, and they are exceptionally good speakers if I may elevate my pinky as I gaze into your eyes over our teacups, I'm going to share something with you right now, whether you want to hear it or not. One of the bad things about TED is that TED and the college lectures on YouTube enable intelligent people who have never, ever jumped through the academic hoops to become even better educated than those of us who have jumped through those academic hoops. You know who you are, and it ain't fair.
My word, Chet Baker turned that one around. Didn't know where he was going. I, how long has it been since you heard that? You, you'd better go now. Do 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 do. Good, good tunes. Don't hear them. Nobody plays them. You don't hear them. And now, with that in mind, let's talk about the dirtiest hotels in the world. <laughs> that was what the junk email said. Because I had to Google the dirtiest hotels in the world so I could see where they were. Would you believe that the number one dirtiest hotel in the world is in San Francisco? Let me read you a sample of the reviews. Here's what it says. First and foremost, no one should ever walk into a hotel only to find prostitutes walking around the inside. Think about this. What reason would anyone have to complain about a prostitute who was on her feet? I took a trip on a train And I thought about you I passed a shadowy lane And I thought about you Two or three cars Parked under the stars Winding stream Moon shining down on some little town and with each beam, the same old dream At every stop that we made Oh, I thought about you But when I pulled down the shade Then I really felt blue I peeked through the crack And looked at the track The one going back to you what did I do? I thought about you. stop that we made yes I thought about you but when I pulled down the shade then I really got blue I peeked through the crack and looked at the track the one going back to you and what did I do I thought about you. 
no augmented 11th on the end of that, like the usual Frank Sinatra, augmented 11th. If you were to read even a few of the hotel reviews that turned up on a webpage called The Dirtiest Hotels in the World, you might not have to wonder where Stephen King gets material for his novels. Listen to this. When we checked in, the manager offered us a free upgrade to the honeymoon suite. It was a set-up. The honeymoon suite had a vacant room next door that was under construction. I was undressed to get into my swimsuit and heard breathing. I looked under the big gap under the adjoining room door. I saw eyes looking back at me. <laughs> no, I'm laughing because I don't know if eyes would have bothered me. It's the hidden camera that can come back and bite you. And here's another review. We were looking for a dog-friendly hotel. It was absolutely horrible. Hear that? I'm going to read that again because I'm going to make sure you understand this. We were looking for a dog-friendly hotel. It was absolutely horrible. The room smelled musty. <laughs> Probably because the last people who stayed there had a dog.
When you come right down to it, oh, I suppose I should thank you again for listening, because I do appreciate the fact that you do do hang in here. Thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. If you're from away, why, this is the kind of radio program we listen to here in Maine. Thank you again for listening. I am the humble farmer at gmail.com. I'd love to hear from you. And when you come right down to it, you know this is true, when you come right down to it, you have never seen a man who was so homely, but what he could get some other man's wife to run off with him. But see, but but seeing the contested beauty bragging about the affair in front of a TV camera is something else. Now, this is this is a elementary concept here, but I want to make sure you have it in your mind. Seeing the contested beauty bragging about the affair in front of a TV camera is something else. Now, that said, I can see a day. Can't you see this? You can see a day coming when only homely men will run for public office. If you will consider the many cheating men you have seen commanding the evening news, you would have to admit that they are far above average in looks, income, fame, and of course, physical prowess. Whenever they are tried by the bar of public opinion, women crawl out of the woodwork and vie to confess that, oh, when we were in the third grade, 
he used to pull my pigtails. But suppose the man were a coyote ugly. How much would you have to pay a woman to admit that she had ever been that desperate? I think you'll agree with me that homely politicians are the wave of the future. They can cheat all they want, and no woman would ever tell.